Welcome to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese culture and history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. Well, here you have it. Due to popular demand, we are starting our discussion of Yanxi Gonglue or the story of Yanxi Palace. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. For those of you that are new to the podcast, our aim is to uh, geek out on Chinese historical dramas while also sharing the Chinese history and culture that is portrayed in these dramas. This is a great way to get in-depth insights into these popular historical shows and to help clarify some interesting customs you see on screen. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter at Chasing Dramas or email us at Karen and Kathy at ChasingDramas.com. Do also check out our website, www.ChasingDramas.com for our latest drama reviews or commentary. Transcripts of our prior podcast episodes are also in the works of being updated. As Karen mentioned earlier, we will be using proper Mandarin to pronounce all names. We're not going to attempt to translate the names into English, and we'd rather not westernize the pronunciation. We will pronounce the proper nouns as they are done in the drama. In some cases, if the noun is referring to a Manchu last name, for example, we will still use the Mandarin pronunciation. In today's episode, we will provide an overview of the drama and cast, as well as introduce the historical individuals that the characters play. In future episodes, we will continue on with plot, recap, and historical analysis as we usually do. Well, we're back in the Qing Dynasty to discuss the super popular 2018 drama, The Story of Yanxi Palace or Yanxi Gonglue. This drama stars Wu Jingyan as the main character Wei Yingluo, Nie Yuan as the Emperor Qianlong, Qin Lan as the Empress Fu Cha Rongying, Xu Kai as her brother Fu Cha Fu Heng, and Charmaine She as Xian Fei. The series premiered on ITE in July 2018, and it was a massive hit in both China and overseas. According to Wikipedia, Yanxi Gonglue was the most searched drama on Google on Earth that year. So that just shows you how popular this drama was. Um, and it's very interesting because it's a Chinese drama, yet it is very popular in the States and overseas in general as well. Which is why we're talking about it. At a high level, the story revolves around the young maid Wei Yingluo's journey in Qianlong's palace, first as a maid entering in the palace to investigate her sister's death, but then she becomes embroiled in imperial harem conflicts. Determined to avenge her sister's death and to repay the empress's kindness, Wei Yingluo ultimately takes center stage as the famed Ling Fei. There is an accompanying book that uh, came out after the drama, so this time Kathy won't do any book differences because she actually didn't read it yet. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, she's off reading a million other Chinese books that will turn into dramas so we can talk about them in the future. For our intro to the podcast episode for Empresses in the Palace, we actually already discussed a lot about the Qing Dynasty. 
We'll reference them, uh, but for this season, we'll do our best to point out new items. If there are specific topics that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Otherwise, I highly recommend listening to our Empresses in the Palace podcast series as well and watch that drama if you haven't already. It's a great accompaniment to this drama, and I think, not accompaniment, I think it does a great job of laying the uh, groundwork for this drama. Now let's talk about our main cast. We'll first go over the actors and actresses themselves, and then discuss who they are playing and their historical counterpart. First up is, of course, Wu Jingyan, and she portrays Wei Yingluo, the main female character in our story. Wu Jingyan was born in 1990 in Sichuan province and is a graduate of the Beijing Film Academy. She actually studied dance for a number of years in her youth before heading to the film academy to pursue a career in acting. You could say that she hit the lottery with this particular drama. The story of Yanxi Palace propelled her to widespread acclaim. However, her career had faltered a bit since then. Her subsequent dramas such as Hao Lan Zhuan, The Legend of Hao Lan, which was another pairing with Nie Yuan, or Wang, My Bargain Queen, and Shang Shi, or Royal Feast, never reached the same heights as the story of Yanxi Palace. Shang Shi, I tried watching or skimming through, but couldn't really finish it. However, as of this podcast airing, Wu Jingyan has another drama out with many of the cast from the story of Yanxi Palace called Chuanjia or Legacy, that's currently airing, and Wu Jingyan is also on the hit reality TV show Sister Who Makes Waves, or Chengfeng Polang de Jiejie, season three of it actually, to show off her singing and dancing skills. So who knows? Maybe um, her career will uh, hit a new stride. She plays in the drama Consort Ling or Ling Fei, who is the mother to the next emperor, Jia Qing. The actual historical figure was born in 1727, and uh, she passed in 1775 from the Manchu-bordered Yellow Banner Clan, or Xianghuangxi, and her family was actually Han Chinese. Her father, named Wei Qingtai, was an official in the Imperial Household Department, or Neiwufu. Not a whole lot was recorded of Ling Fei prior to entering the palace, but she did get her start in Qianlong's palace as a maid. After entering the palace, she quickly rose up the ranks. You can guess how much she was favored by the emperor because she birthed four children within 10 years, including the 15th prince and subsequent emperor Jia Qing. Next up, we have Nie Yuan, who acts as the emperor Qianlong. Well, what can I say about Nie Yuan? We have watched him in TV dramas for the past 20 years. Born in 1978 and a graduate of the Shanghai Theater Academy, he has been a staple in the business for decades. If you just look at his filmography on Baidu, it's huge. I personally loved him um, growing up in watching TV shows such as Qiling Xiaobodong and Sui Tang Yingxiong Zhuan. 
His rules are quite varying as he's aged through the years, and for him to come back into the limelight as the emperor was a fun and pleasant surprise. Now, let's talk about Qianlong. Qianlong, or his original name of Ai Xinjue Luo Hongli, was born in 1711 and died in 1799. He was the sixth emperor of the Qing dynasty. There are books and books and books written about this guy, and so there's also a lot of dramas. So many dramas that you can't even keep track. This is because he ruled for a whopping 61 years and lived to be 87 years old. He is one, or was, one of the longest reigning monarchs in history and one of the longest lived. Can you believe that? That also means that there's a lot of content to work with. He actually stepped down from the throne and abdicated his position to his son in order to not rule longer than his grandfather, Kangxi. What a filial guy, right? As we all know from watching Empresses in the Palace, he was the fourth son of Yongzheng. He and his grandfather, so Qianlong, and his grandfather, Kangxi, are two of the most famous emperors of the Qing dynasty which makes sense because they lived for so long. Historians say that the Qing dynasty reached its zenith during the reign of Qianlong, but, you know, as all things goes up, stuff must come down. After his reign, or even during his later years, the Qing dynasty began to decline. Qianlong was an extremely capable leader both on horseback and in cultural matters. He led military campaigns to strengthen and expand borders, but he was also quite the scholar. He was knowledgeable of both Manchu and Han cultures and loved making trips down south to experience the southern Chinese lifestyles. Those are topics of quite a few um, TV shows or TV dramas. Peking opera also really developed during his reign. He had 17 sons and 10 daughters, of which his 15th son took the throne. I think there were, he also had more children. They just weren't uh, numbered. As for the women in his life, eh. The drama will show you just how many there were. By comparison, his father, Yongzheng, could only be considered as boring. In this drama, everybody calls Huang Di. Well, what is 大猪蹄子? The literal translation is big pig feet, but it means, or it's actually used to describe a man who's a womanizer and plays the field. Basically, if you have a guy who's currently with one woman, but constantly pines for another or many, then he is a 大猪蹄子, or a big pig feet. Well, all of the emperors are 大猪蹄子, because, I mean, that's their job. Since this drama came out, and since uh, this emperor became colloquially known on the interwebs as 大猪蹄子, everybody has started calling every other emperor uh, as such as well. Next up, we have Qin Lan, who acts as Empress Fu Cha Rongyin. Born in 1979 in Liaoning province, she got her big break 
in playing Chen Zhihua in the third part of Pearl Princess. That drama came out in the early 2000s. I cannot tell you all how conflicted I was at that time watching Qin Lan play Zhihua. She was so beautiful and poised in that drama, but her character was just awful. How dare she come or her character come between Xiao Yanzi and Hua Ge? Ugh. But um, did I mention how gorgeous she was? <laughs> it was quite a struggle. Anyways, Qin Lan uh, got her big break in that drama. She also grew in popularity after her next popular role in the remake called Dream Link. Or Yu Jian, Yi Lian Yu Meng in 2007. She was great in that role. Uh, the whole plot of that drama was ridiculous, but the scenes in Provence, France were actually very, very nice. She has since been in dramas and films here and there, but nothing too popular. For the past, uh, you know, decade or so, until her role as the empress in the story of Yancy Palace, this drama here. This was a career changer for her as everyone fell in love with the kind-hearted, beautiful, and serene empress. Her career has also taken off since then, helping her land many leading lady roles, which is unfortunately quite challenging for women in their 30s. And at this point in their 40s, I would say that the Chinese entertainment industry has become a bit more accepting for older women, particularly because they still look amazing, especially compared to many of the men. Just my take. I'm personally really, really happy for her because I do want to see her uh, continue on with her career. In the drama, she plays Fu Cha Rongyin, the first empress of Qianlong. Born in 1712, she died in 1748 at the age of 37, 36, 37. True to history, she was also the older sister of Fu Cha Fu Hong. She married the prince Hong Li in 1727 when she was only around 15. When her husband ascended the throne in 1735, she was naturally crowned empress. The empress came from the powerful Fu Cha family of the bordered Yellow Banner clan or Xiang Huangqi. We see quite a bit of it in the drama, but her family was very important to the founding of the Qing dynasty, and that means she was also a member of the aristocracy. Empress Fu Cha had a loving relationship with her husband, was well-respected in court, and surprisingly the imperial harem. And she also managed to have a great relationship with her mother-in-law, which we will joke probably a lot in our recap of this series and call Huan Huan as in the mother-in-law, because that is... Chen Huan from Empresses in the Palace. Not really, but that's kind of the joke with a lot of these now um, Qianlong era dramas because everyone's like, oh my God, this is, of course, Chen Huan from Empresses in the Palace. Empress Fu Cha had four children in real life, but only one princess survived to adulthood. While her husband, Qianlong, was very much a da zhu tizi, as I mentioned before, or a player, he truly did love and respect his first wife. When she died, he was quite bereft and bestowed her the posthumous title of Xiao Xian, or filial and virtuous. Funnily enough, this empress, Empress Fu Cha, wasn't really front and center in many of the dramas, or Qing Dynasty dramas. 
if you think of Pearl Princess or Huanzhu Gogo, and which is the most kind of popular, the focus wasn't on her. She had already died, and in the spotlight was, of course, uh, the second empress. This is really the first drama that puts Empress Fu Cha in the spotlight. When the drama came out, everyone called her Bai Yue Guang or the White Moonlight because the character was so loving and caring. Frankly, the character was awesome. Next up, we have the very lovely Charmaine She, or in Mandarin, Shu Shiman, here portraying Hui Fanala Shu Shen, or Consort Xian. Charmaine is a Hong Kong actress who has had a very illustrious career. She was the runner-up to the Miss Hong Kong pageant in 1997 and signed a contract with TVB in 1998. TVB is the main Hong Kong TV network, and they have had so many hits over the decades. Growing up, I watched a ton of TVB dramas to a point where I personally don't really speak Cantonese, but I basically learned Cantonese from watching all of these dramas. Charmaine, of course, was the star of many of them. This includes The Heaven Sword and Dragon Saber from 2000, War and Beauty in 2004, Maiden's Vow in 2006, and Can't Buy Me Love in 2010. The TVB drama called War and Beauty, or in Mandarin, Jin Zhi Yunian, is also a palace drama and is set in the 1800s, so um, a little bit after this drama. It is, or that, the, the drama itself, War and Beauty, is considered to be the original palace drama. It is absolutely fantastic. I recommend everyone go and watch it. Charmaine plays one of the main characters, and she is, I would say, so well-suited for that role, and she does an, a fantastic job. Now back to this drama. She plays Hui Fanala Shu Shen, or Xian Fei. This character becomes Emperor Qianlong's second empress. She is one of the main antagonists in the story. In the drama, we'll see that it is quite a tragic background for her, and Charmaine acts the character very well. In recent years, more and more Hong Kong actors and actresses have turned to the mainland to act, and Charmaine has become one of them. Ada Choi in Empresses in the Palace was another. Charmaine also did experience another wave of popularity after this drama, and quite frankly out-acted Tiffany Tang or Tang Yan in Yan Yun Tai, or The Legend of Xiao Chuo. I personally love you, Tang Yan, but uh, Charmaine was a standout for me. Charmaine, I will say, also looks amazing. She was in her mid-40s when she filmed the story of Yancy Palace. Looks great. I want to look as good as her when I uh, get to her age. As for the character that she plays, um, like I mentioned, Hui Fanala Shu Shen of the Hui Fanala tribe. There's actually a debate over her maiden name and which Nala clan she comes from. So in this drama, she's of the Huifa Nala clan, whereas in Rui's Royal Love in the Palace, that character is based off of Wulan Nala Rui, of the Wulan Nala clan. 
Now let's take a look at the historical character. Born in 1718, she was granted the title of Consort Xian or Xianfei in 1738. She was then elevated to the rank of Empress in 1750 after the death of Empress Fucha. She also had three children, two sons and one unnamed daughter. She died in 1766 at the age of 48. The emperor and the empress had a really, really bad falling out to the point that it was very evident that the emperor despised the empress at the time she died because she was buried only with the honors of a Huang Guifei or an imperial noble consort and not that of an empress. She was not even buried with her husband, but next to another imperial noble consort. That is a very big slap in the face or a step down for any woman uh, that was empress in real life. In pop culture, everyone remembers the evil empress from Pearl Princess or Huan Zhu Gogo, which is this character. Growing up, in my mind, the empress of Qianlong equals bad. Um, it's because that was always the figure. We never really got, like I mentioned, uh, Empress Fu Cha. Unfortunately, in this drama, she's still the antagonist. <laughs> and finally, let's briefly talk about Xu Kai um, and Fu Cha Fu Hong. Xu Kai was born in Guangdong, China in 1995, and his role as Fu Cha Fu Hong was his breakout role. He was only around 22, or actually like 21, 22, when he filmed the drama. So that was quite young. Since then, he's been in several dramas such as The Legends, Court Lady, and Ancient Love Poetry, and Royal Feast with Wu Jingyan. None of them have really lived up to the hype of this drama, though. Um, but I don't think it is too worrisome from him. He's still pretty young and has a bright career ahead of him. Now let's talk about Fu Cha Fu Hong. He was born in 1722 and became a senior court official and minister during the reign of Emperor Qianlong. He held many positions at court, including an imperial guard, as we see in the drama, rising to the minister of the Ministry of Revenue and all the way up to a position of the first rank. He also led troops in the Sino-Burmese War in the 1760s. Unfortunately, he died of malaria in 1770. In folk culture, not pop culture, in folk culture, the most interesting stories do revolve around his son, Fu Kong An, and the wild rumors that this man was actually the Emperor Qianlong's son. All right, that was our introduction to our actors and actresses and the characters that they portray. I do want to talk next about the fact that we cannot talk about or discuss Yanxi Gonglue or the story of Yanxi Palace without discussing Ru Yi Zhuan, Ru Yi's love in the palace. It is the sequel to The Empresses in the Palace and has pretty much the same cast of characters as Yanxi Gonglue, but tells a very different story. And we mean, and what we mean by um, the same cast of characters, it's the same historical cast of characters. Ru Yijuan certainly suffered from having premiered shortly after the story of Yanxi Palace, purely because audiences were confused about the similar plot lines and characters or also fatigued by the same story. But it cannot be denied that Ru Yijuan is a highly artistic creation of its own. That drama is also extremely long and details the journey of Qingying 
who then changes her name to Ruyi in the palace, and, you know, of course, her relationship to Qianlong. In that drama, Ruyi is Xianfei, and a subsequent empress, but also a true love of the emperor. Essentially, the relationship lines between the emperor and the various women and Ruyi's love in the palace were flipped compared to the story of Yanxi Palace. So while the story of Yanxi Palace can be considered a successful revenge drama, Ruyi's love in the palace can only be considered as a beautiful tragedy. We saw in Empresses in the Palace how hard it is to find true love in the palace, and that theme continued in Ruyi's love in the palace. I can't tell you how much I cried watching that drama. That's just a fair warning for whoever might be interested in watching it. But don't let that put you off. The drama's production is fantastic as the cast spent over 200 days filming. Every one of the women in the palace were absolute beauties. The main female lead is, of course, Zhou Xun, who has won numerous awards for acting and is a force to be reckoned with within the Chinese film industry. Karen's favorite actress in the drama is her personal favorite, Li Qin, who plays the cold but fiercely loyal Han Xiangjian. We won't be talking too much about that drama because we're covering the story of Yanxi Palace, but we might bring it up from time to time just to do some um, comparisons. Next, let's move on to the costume, makeup, and style. When we watch this drama, we will see that it looks somewhat different from other Qing Dynasty dramas. It also looks different from Empresses in the Palace. All of these dramas take liberties in how they want to dress their characters and the certain aesthetic that they want to achieve. For this drama, there are certain choices that are more historically accurate, and then there are others that aren't. Top of mind would actually be all of the earrings that we see the ladies wear. I will talk about that in a separate episode. As always, we will do our best to point them out. Our last topic for today is actually going to be the censorship of the story of Yanxi Palace and Ruyi's love in the palace. In both 2020, so, you know, two years ago, both of these dramas were officially censored by the Chinese government and taken off the web. That means that they were taken down from the platforms ITE and Tencent. That means that folks in China can't easily watch the show anymore. What's the reason for this? In recent years, the Chinese government has limited what type of dramas can air in China, what time they can air, and on what platform. What I mean platform is, can it be shown on broadcast TV, or can it only be limited to the web? A big bucket of that, of what was limited, included historical or costume dramas, and especially palace dramas. It's rumored that there's a couple of reasons for this. First, the palace dramas often show opulence and scheming, something that the government believes will impact society and therefore be a detriment to society. Number two, a lot of the palace dramas also beautify emperors or people of the past, which is not always a good thing and uh, don't reflect socialist values. And three, the palace dramas have become more and more commodified. 
I won't say if any of these points are right or wrong. I'll just say, as a result, we have seen basically no palace dramas since 2020. If you have been wondering why, this is the reason why. Empresses in the Palace has thankfully been spared of this purge. So in China, if you're in China, you can still see it on Youku. But until the Chinese government lifts some of these stringent rules, we won't be getting dramas like this in the near future. And that is it for our first introduction to the story of Yanxi Palace. In future episodes, I will also touch on the pretty famous screenwriter and producer Yu Zheng. He is basically as famous or as popular as the actors and actresses themselves. I would say he's almost infamous. But that is a story for another time. This drama itself is on YouTube. Now, if you want to watch other shows and are in the U.S., please head over to our sponsor, Jubao TV. If you want to stream certain TV shows as well, head on over to jumoxumo.com to search for shows and movies. On TV, they have um, shows available on Xfinity and Cox Contour. Well, thank you all for listening today to our intro to the drama episode of the story of Yancy Palace. We'll catch you in the next episode as we dive into the actual drama itself. <laughs>